Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And hello, welcome back to the Have We Made It Yet podcast, it's the podcast where two new creative guys trying to make it in their own little avenues talk about the process of making it, and we sometimes talk about making it with other creatives. Uh, yeah, and I'm one of those guys, I'm comedian Josh Yang. And I'm the co-host, the actor Lucas Ng. Yes, he is, yes, he is. And off the top, we always ask each other, we all get, like to give an update uh lucas hey have you made it yet uh no a deep fried refried no um maybe uh on another episode or something like that maybe even off camera which i'll talk to josh maybe i'll spill the tea about what's currently happening right now but like Mm. it's it's part therapy it's part managing relationships and i'm learning all about that within this week so it's a lot of learning um but on another note though Yes. Mr. Josh Yang. Mm-hmm. Have you made it yet? Nope. And nothing. I've experienced nothing in the last week. Uh, nothing has happened. There's <laughs> been no progress. And things are as it was uh, a week ago. But other than that, you know, nothing's really... Actually, you know what? That's a lie. I, made, I came up with a decent joke over the weekend uh, oh, nice. while, while on a road trip. So I might be excited to try that in the future. Near oh. future. When we try to get some of these shows back in toronto um but yeah so you know it's september 2020 who knew nine months would be forever it would last forever i was really hoping you'd try that joke out but i get that it's not the right context nor environment well i mean yeah he's kind of i mean no context right now is really conducive to comedy (laughs) so i mean Maybe in the future, maybe in the future. All right, okay. But, however, I am very excited about our guests uh, today. We're going to be delving into a completely different stream and, like, different industry of making it uh, in terms of entertainment, a very cutting edge. Uh, We'll be having a Twitch streamer uh, coming up. She is uh, an independent game developer, actually, who is live streaming her entire gaming process on Twitch. Um, and I think it'll be very interesting to dive into this, you know, Twitch platform because it's now something that's getting bigger and bigger. More people are seeing it as a way of putting out their content, their creations, mm-hmm. um, and their creative works out on it. And she has uh, over 31,000 followers on the platform in the science and technology category. Uh, and she's currently working on Strain a quarantine survival simulator inspired by COVID-19. So this is, this is what happens when a pandemic shuts down the entire world. Artists start taking it as inspiration and turning into something new. So we're very excited to have the Twitch streamer, Lana Lux. Yeah. Hello. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for coming on board. Yes, like I said before, very excited to have uh, somebody on the Twitch platform kind of share their experience because it is very brand new. Um, and yes, yeah, so off the top, we can ask the big question. Very uh, kind of excited to see what you have to say about it. But hey, Lana, have you made it yet? No, but also yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So obviously everyone has a different definition of making it. Yes. And I think I started off with game development um, with the first goal of being able to financially sustain um, independent game development without going for external um, funding, like applying to grants or anything like that. Mm. And so in that regard, I have made it. I can keep doing this, which is really, really, really cool. Um, and it feels, feels like a dream every day I get to do it, honestly. Um, but am I at the level I want to be, like where I would feel like I've made it or done something that I'm really proud of? Like really, like, you know, like really proud of? Um, <laughs> not yet, no, not yet. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Is it, and, and this is the thing where it's like, this is, this is kind of a great innovation that Twitch and, and other things like Patreon also, it gives creators a way to connect with their audience and be able to fund their artistic endeavors. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of when you started out uh, going on the Twitch platform, was that something that you kind of identified right away? It's like, what else kind of caught your attention? It's like, oh, maybe I should put kind of my work on Twitch. No, that was not my mindset at all. Actually, mm. I started Twitch um, because I was working in a place where I was very um, heads down, you know, working a nine to five yeah. and it was a very busy environment. People rarely conversed at lunch. I would often like take a quick break, come back to work. Mm -hmm. And in my evenings I was trying to learn game development. So I was kind of antisocial for a while and I started developing a stutter and oh. I was listening to these podcasts and one of them was like, Oh, you know, I started this podcast uh, and it helped me overcome my stutter. And I was like, oh. Maybe I should do that. So I started a podcast, and every time I hit the record button, I was like, that was stupid. That's stupid. Start over. Start over. Oh, and so right. I just forced myself. I'm like, maybe I'll try this live platform so that I can't undo. I can't start over. It's like I'm just forcing myself into it. And uh, I think I'm a lot better spoken, and I yeah. don't stutter too often anymore. <laughs> oh. no, no, I, I totally hear you. Like sometimes when I stay in the apartment for too long and I don't converse with anybody, like I, I, I don't know how to socialize anymore. So I, I can totally identify that way of having a stutter when you don't practice talking with other people anymore. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, huh, that's interesting. So were you, were you like working and then you got into streaming and then like there's a lot of, you know, artists, whether it's acting, comedians, you can't, there's not really much of a stability in the very beginning. So how is that process transitioning from kind of full-time nine to five and then making that decision to go full-on streaming? Yeah, um, it was not too bad because I had sort of done a little bit of that before. Mm -hmm. um, I for example, I finished a contract with one job and they, they asked me to come back and I'm like, no, you know what, I'm going to go and I can do some freelance web development and then um, I'll do some game development on the side. And I started that for a little while and I ended up doing more web development than I did at a nine to five and I got yeah. paid less money and I had no time for game development. So I was like, let's just go back to a nine to five. So I kind of had that in mind. I'm like, this time I'm taking a break from work. We'll see how it goes. And I made sure that I had, you know, a, a while 
for me to give it a real opportunity rather than just jumping in unprepared and then feeling like I failed when it, when I set myself up for failure. So I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to plan for this for a long time. I'm going to set myself up in a way that it's easily just easy to sustain for as long as I can and Mm -hmm. take it from there. So it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Nice. What, um, what kind of caught your attention about game development and what is it about game development that kind of is now driving it as your passion and it's something that you see yourself as like you're you totally want to put in those you know six maybe up to ten hours of work Mm -hmm. every day uh it took a while because i was interested in games and game development since i was a kid i mean at like back in the day it was a huge hurdle to go into game development so i never really saw it as um like a career option. It was like, maybe, but even then it'd be very far removed from what it is today when you make games, like it'd be programming or I'm not really, I wasn't even sure. I had no idea. So I thought it was an interesting hobby. And I had a lot of hobbies at the time when I was kind of like realizing that I had so many things going on that I was really spreading myself thin. I didn't feel like I was really improving on one of them. Mm -hmm. So it kind of took some, some soul searching. I, whenever someone said something like, Oh, it's amazing. It'll change your life. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll try it. Like, let's do it. Uh So I kind of set myself up like almost like a dare, like see what I could do. And I tried a lot of different things, like, uh, from little things to big things. I got a motorcycle and each one of them taught me something new. Like the motorcycle was like, I really enjoy like facing fear and, having like a little bit of risk taking and that was really fun. Uh-huh. And um, I did a sensory deprivation chamber flow. You guys done that? Uh, no, but I, I do have a gift card for it. It's one of those like salt tanks, right? Yeah, so yeah, float, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've heard people say, oh, it's crazy. Like you'll see these things, like you'll hallucinate it. And it was just kind of like meditation for me. I didn't have that kind of experience. <laughs> and I realized that I like things that are a little bit more I like to be a little bit more like outgoing. Mm. I like to be calm sometimes, but I, I'm definitely like a more outgoing type. Mm-hmm. And I did some different courses and I did different, I did, I started apps and I hosted like a, a charity event and um, I went to Burning Man and there was so much learning in all of these different things. Burning Man showed me like how much I love experiences and artistic, right. unusual artistic creations. Like that was a big one for me. Um, and after kind of trying all these things, I was like, game development is encompasses all the things I love, art, storytelling, problem solving, technical side of things, uh, and just creating experiences for others and connecting to people through that. So once I kind of made that decision, like, let's focus on it, Mm -hmm. it felt really relieving and just, it's kind of like an anchor, an anchor point now where like, I just want to, you know, keep going with this and see where it goes. So Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) that's how yeah, like does you, you talk about a lot about your own experiences and everything like that. That does it actually feel more empowered now that you are working for yourself and also by yourself too? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um awesome. I didn't work in the game industry before. Mm-hmm. I worked in uh, as I mentioned web development, user experience. Mm-hmm. Uh I worked for banks, I worked in the aviation industry, I worked in oh. advertising, I worked in the dating industry. So it was a few different industries and there was a lot of different interesting stuff in those. Uh, 
and I, there was, you know, depending on the job, you do get a certain sense of satisfaction from, from the work that you do. But this is when you do something that you set out to do and you go after it and you make it happen. Like that's, that's a real sense of satisfaction through that. Yeah, I would imagine because if you're, you're working on design and, and user experience for these other companies, trying to get what they want to happen with however the customers are interacting with it. Now that you're, you're taking that experience and you're able to apply that to how your, you know, your users or your players are going to experience what you want to want to tell them, like how, how have you, like what kind of things have you applied that in say like a corporate mindset that you can apply to the game that is kind of unique you find? Yeah. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, as I mentioned, user experience. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, like, if you're not familiar with it, or if anyone's listening isn't familiar with user experience design, it's kind of how a, a user would experience the product, as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, for example, um, I did a banking app, one of the big banks, and you know, you go in and uh, how does the person sign in? Is it intuitive? Do they know mm-hmm. what to click on? Um, mm-hmm. If they get stuck, do they know where to find help? Once they're in, are they at the place they expect to be? If not, like, why not? Um, and the best way to get that information is to do lots of user testing and, and right. um, you know, focus groups, uh, putting the product in front of people and seeing how they behave with it, um, surveys. So that, that basically a lot of user testing was a big key to that. And so I like putting that into the game development process. Um, when I have something that's even a little bit playable, I like to put it in front of a few people kind of get some feedback and that can tell you something that like if you've been so focused on the details of it watching someone else play is like oh how could i forget to work on that part that's actually should be my priority or i should oh i should i've been going in the wrong direction i should change it to go this way um so that was a that was a really helpful way to look at things oh interesting and i know that like in terms of your audience right now you have over thirty-one thousand followers and like i've gone on your stream a couple times uh, over the last little bit just to get a sense of kind of the atmosphere beforehand I actually didn't I knew about twitch but I never really went into twitch and then once I started you know checking out your channel and then taking a look at some of the other platform uh, other channels on the platform is actually quite an interesting layout and experience because you have like uh, I think for your channel around like 200 to 300 kind of concurrent viewers and then constantly watching interacting with you I'm wondering in terms of like your audience, how much of that interaction is like helping you say develop your game? Mm. Um, I don't actually do anything. The chat just types it in the chat and it automatically updates on the screen. No. <laughs> That'd be, that would be a, that would, can I say shit? That would be a shit yeah, show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, go backwards, go forwards, go backwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, actually chat is really helpful. I'm lucky that the people who come by whether they're regulars or newcomers, so many interesting people come by. They have so many cool suggestions and feedback. Um, and mo- like most of the time people are really polite and they know to give feedback only when I ask. So they're not like, right. mm, actually that should be purple <laughs> um, when I'm already done or I'm on something else. Like most of the time people are really, really cool. And I'll be like, hey, what do you guys think? What would be a cool name for this character? And I just have yeah. a wall of different hilarious, <laughs> some of hilarious, some of, um, really appropriate and you know like a whole wide array of different ideas and it's fun to brainstorm with everyone nice um also wondering too like we're talking a lot about like game development and everything um in addition to like the chat log and your audience members that are informing your work 
uh, be it music or movies or TV shows, what other things do you consume to inform your work? Uh, everything, really. Um, nice. I, I kind of prefer to take inspiration from real life mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows and classic media follows a very strict Mm. Uh, sort of story arc and it has to have this and then they learn from it or like and then there's a resolution but in reality it's so much more interesting when you don't know what's going to happen yeah you can't predict it and you're like oh my god like i can't believe and the things that come up in real life like there it's almost impossible to come up with some of the real life stuff that happens Mm -hmm. um like like for your game right now, um, is the goal to make an open world concept like Red Dead Redemption in which the world is so big? Is that somewhat the end goal? Not as big as Red Dead Redemption. I wish. Um, oh. I don't have a team as big, obviously. <laughs> <So> <laughs> me and a writer and an animator helping. Nice. Um, but it is the same idea where it's sort of, I forget there's a term for it. It's kind of like open world, but it's restricted to a much smaller area. Oh, okay. So you mm. can like, leave your apartment and go out into the street. And then there's a few different sections. Some of them are a little bit harder. So you sort of want to, it's a survival game, but you sort of want to get better items, better equipment before you can get to those more difficult areas. But most things aside from doors you need to unlock or places you need to gain access to, most things are available that you can go and get quests and explore new places. Yeah. Nice. So when it came to, I guess, like the concept of like outbreak, it's inspired by, by COVID. So you, what made the whole experience of, say, COVID be like, you know what, now that this is a huge change in our society, like, I feel like this is the project I want to do next. Like, how did that start going about? Like, when did you start actually developing it? I started um, just as the news started hitting. A friend of mine, some events started happening and we're like, wait a minute, is this because of that virus that's been going around? And I was talking with a couple of friends and we were like, this is serious. Like, this was before a lot, like before it even began. And we're kind of putting the pieces together. Like, wait a minute, this is, this is about to be big. Like, Uh there was so much uncertainty. I think everybody felt. And we were discussing, okay, well, like, what's the worst case scenario? Um, And we're like, okay, well, there's talk of supplies running short. Um. And we're like, will food run out? Like, should we be going and stocking up on food? Like, will people be fighting each other for food? And we're like, oh my God, this sounds like a, some sort of Mad Max apocalyptic thing. Is this like, what to what end of this, like, yeah. you know, minimum outcome to maximum outcome? Like, how bad is this going to be? Uh, and it was like, this sounds like a video game. <laughs> like, pretty sure it's not going to get that bad, but I kind of want to play a game about it so that I feel like it's fictional and it's not, like a concern yeah. that's heavy on my shoulders. It's more like, oh, it's a light heart. Oh, this is way too far-fetched to be reality. Like, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I couldn't really find anything that was that similar that wasn't zombies. I'm like, zombies is too, too much. <laughs> I want, like, realistic but not zombies. Yeah. So, like, art imitating life, imitating art type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that would mean, like, you would have to have some kind of toilet paper-based currency system because <laughs> that's what everybody was freaking getting in the, in the beginning. Yes, it is toilet paper based currency. Toilet paper based. <laughs> I don't know if you're saying that because you saw it, but yes, it is. No, is it actually? <laughs> it is, yeah. Oh, no way. I was making a joke. <laughs> yes, exactly. Toilet That's perfect. Currency. 
that's so that's perfect that. yeah and it's like it's it's that that'd be some great decision making for the character arcs is like if you know shitting <laughs> is a part of the a part of your character's health like you gotta you gotta make choices based upon whether or not you use the toilet paper or you use it to get food or something like that that'd be i don't have that part in that's pretty funny <laughs> i like that. that is pretty funny oh man <laughs> That's good. That's accurate. That's very, I like it already. <laughs> Toilet paper based currency. Um, yeah. Huh. yeah. So how, what kind of projects were you working on before then? Did you like stop a project and then decide? Yeah, to I kind of repurposed it. So mm. I put out a game a couple years ago called Don't Notice Me. Mm. And that was a narrative puzzle, sort of like an escape room, but in different mm. environments along a storyline. Yeah. You play as a girl who um, sneaks into her crush's bedroom so she could steal back a letter that she gave him and regrets giving him so you know you start off in the school and you've got to find the address and then you go to the backyard and you've got to get find a way in and you go through the house and it's like different puzzles and narratives so that was the last game I made and I was working on the next game and it was sort of I jumped into it and I didn't really I had a vision but it kind of kept changing as I was working on it Mm -hmm. and when uh when COVID hit and we were talking about this. I'm like, oh, I wish that was a game. I want to play that game. And I was like, actually, I wonder if I could repurpose some of the elements of the one that I was working on. Mm-hmm. And I ended up being able to repurpose quite a bit of code. Um, I thought, honestly, I thought I would repurpose more of the art, but I ended up making a lot of it um, over again or like oh, differently. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I basically just transitioned from the last game mm. and repurposed it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I was wondering what your creative process is like. Is it from initial conception to eventual production? Like, do you already have a story in mind before you set out on your on your project? Yes, uh, to some extent. I'm trying to find a good balance between having an exact idea of what's going to happen right down to the dialogues, the yeah. whole script written out, totally mm-hmm. decided, right? Mm-hmm. Versus when I put it in front of someone and they play test it, and I'm like, actually be cool if it was this or when i'm streaming and someone's like oh you know what why don't you why aren't you adding us so you can do this and i was like actually yeah that that would be cool <laughs> so i kind of wanted to be flexible but i also wanted to be planned um i'm still trying to figure out what's the best uh like balance between the two yeah what yeah. i'm kind of start trying to do is make something called you might have heard the term mvp like minimum viable product oh uh, right so yeah. that's like the basic app to make something work. Like with a banking app, the basic thing would be you check your account, you pay your bills or something mm. like that, right? And then, they, then you can add things like facial recognition to log in and um, tap to pay and like all these little extra kind of bonuses. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the game gaming world, I've heard of people call it the minimum lovable product because oh. obviously it's not like, a, it's not like something you, you use. It's something that you have to enjoy. So yeah. it's a little bit different. Like it's harder to, to identify that because... You know, if it's just blocks, it might not be as fun as if you're exploring a beautiful environment, right? So I try to come up with a good minimum lovable product and then start testing it and seeing what I want, what I feel needs to be added, see what other people want added. I started with that with this game, but it, the scope increased a lot. But I think I'm finally at a point where it's like there's a lot, there's enough. And it's really fun the way it is without Yeah. Adding. Oh, okay. In terms of then like you're developing this game and you, you want to put out there get as I mean ideally you want to get as many people to play it experience it like how would you kind of describe the 
the focus or the objective you want to get from kind of these players experiencing your game? Like, what is it that you want these players to to get out of what you've created? One thing I really love about games is that more so than music and movies, at least in my experience, maybe some people feel differently on these things, but for me, games have always been the most immersive Mm -hmm. to a point where you can almost play through a world, like you can play through a world that doesn't even exist and you can be a character that you aren't, you can be a person you aren't and you can make choices that you wouldn't actually make in real life. And I think that that's a huge way for people to learn. Like, do I enjoy being this character? Do I enjoy Mm. living this kind of life? And I think it's especially important to when, when the conditions are like challenging, um, what kind of person would you be in these difficult decision-making steps? And it kind of prepares you like, well, I mean, not, not like you're going to experience extreme apocalyptic decisions, hopefully, that, <laughs> that will yeah. come up in these type of games. But, you know, it starts to make you question yourself. Who do you want to be as a person and what kind of – you can try it on and see what you like. Yeah. Wow. That's a really powerful concept then in, in that case of, like, being an avatar and being a different person while still remaining yourself. Um, so within within your COVID-19 game there, um, are there many different interpretations of that one character that you can do to to explore all the different worlds that you have? Yeah. So in the area that you can explore, basically the premise is that you're quarantined in a restricted area that you can't leave. Um, mm-hmm. So a strain comes out that's more deadly, more contagious. And so you can't leave this area. Um, and there's no emergency services to this area. So mm-hmm. these factions start forming and you can choose which one you want to help. Oh, cool. And as things get um, more dire, you decide that you want to escape the area and you mm-hmm. can either help these group, this group to leave. You can try to do it on your own. You can form like friendships and alliances or, or take other people down who you think are going to prevent you from leaving. Yeah, so it yeah, kind of yeah. gives you the opportunity to play through in a different way. Nice. Are those kind of like the moral dilemmas that you as a character will have to will have to decide for yourself? Then? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Nice, hmm. nice. In terms of um, because I know like you're doing this development live for in front of 200 or, or however many people, um, I know that can be inherently initially a, a rather weird experience. Like if for actors, like they're on suddenly doing a play for the first time in front of a live audience or like comics are on stage telling jokes, you're the only person there, everybody has to look at you. In terms of when you first started streaming, like how how was kind of that experience grasping the idea that it's like, yeah, there's a bunch of people watching me live right now doing my work. It's like, how, how have you kind of grappled with that kind of initial uh, experience? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, the thing is, it didn't really come suddenly. So it's not mm. like I just, mm. like, I'm going to be an actor and walked out on stage and I was filled with 300 people staring at me. <laughs> it was yeah. like, um, you know, I started, mm. I put on a stream and nobody watched. And I was like, uh, I'll just talk out loud and pretend people are watching. <laughs> and then a few people started joining. And then, you know, there was maybe 10 people who would kind of come in and poke in and say hello from time right. to time. And even back then, you know, a couple hours was really exhausting. Um, or I would have to stop because uh, 
I just wasn't prepared and I felt like I needed to do some learning before mm. I continued or I felt like there was just so many things that would come up that I felt I had to deal with um, and get used to. But now I've been doing this for years now and it feels so natural. Uh, mm. And even still, the, the you know, I'm growing little by little by little. Yeah. So I think it would have to be like a huge increase at once before um, it felt like a sudden thing. So I grew into it, I guess, mm. the short yeah. answer. <laughs> How did it feel when you first got your first 10 viewers and everything? Um, did you feel validated at all? I don't know. <laughs> it, again, it was just so gradual. It felt like, you know how some people have imposter syndrome and they feel like, oh, oh I don't we've, we've talked about imposter syndrome so many times on, on this podcast, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually, I don't, I don't feel that. But not, but also I also don't feel like I've achieved something like, yeah. Incredible. So I feel like I work really hard and I get a little bit of success and I'm like ah, oh, that's a little bit. And I work really really hard and I get a little bit more. So it doesn't feel like sudden. It doesn't feel like came out of nowhere. It feels like okay, I worked really hard for this. It's nice to feel a little bit of growth. Nice. Yeah, definitely. After like grinding it out, it, I mean that's also the kind of mentality that when it comes to you know making it like you're not gonna make it right away it's impossible to really do that right off the top everybody has to have made that conscious decision but then also understand you're not gonna get anywhere in the beginning it's gonna take time for you to eventually grow that audience in terms of I guess your experience as you slowly saw your audience grow on twitch of all things like how how did you kind of identify ways to grow your audience or, or how did you, how did your audience grow? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I really do think that as I got better, the audience grew and mm. I looked back, it was like, you know, the first few streams, my audio was so bad. You probably couldn't even watch it. And people would come and be like, your audio sucks. Your audio sucks. And I was like, Oh, and then, uh, you know, somebody would be like, hey, try, tr try changing this and then try it. And like, oh, okay, that's a bit better. And I'm like, oh, my internet keeps cutting out. Okay, so I need to get better internet. Oh, my, my mic can only go be so good after changing settings. Let me get a slight upgrade here. Um, you know, and just slowly building up. And one thing that I did that I think helped me improve was, I haven't done it in a while and I don't like doing it, but I, I heard somewhere that uh, Michael Jordan would watch replays of his games Mm. And he would mm. rewatch it over and over and see exactly how he played and what he did that was good and what he did that could have been better. And so ever so often I'll like watch a VOD or like a, um, a stream that I did and I'll like, it's so painful. It's so hard to be like, not to be like, Oh, gosh, I can't do it. <laughs> but if I just like force myself through it, I noticed, for example, I used to really trail off my son. I talk like this and kind of like not really Mm. And then I still not finish, like just kind of go out of nowhere or I'd mumble or um, the music would be way louder than I am or just things like that. And, and picking up on those and, and actively trying to improve on those things that I noticed, I think that made me a better streamer, which made it easier for people to watch. It's like, let, pe let people enjoy watching you. And if you're noticing things that are going to make them not enjoy it, then yeah. make it easy for them to enjoy it. Yeah, because I guess for, for Lucas and I, Lucas, in terms of acting, like he's got it 
turn it on on a dime like for a camera Mm -hmm. for like you know takes there's breaks in between though for like comedians you got to focus on your five minute 10 minute 20 minute set but for streamers you fucking go for six seven hours a day <laughs> like you always have to turn it on like it, i just always think that that's just so like kind of mentally kind of strenuous in terms of like that experience of doing that for so many hours straight do you feel like you always have to kind of keep it focused on it's like this is going to be streaming lana got to make sure i finish those sentences yeah, every time when I start, I'm like, like, come on, <laughs> pump yourself up. Yeah, yeah, pump myself up before I start. No, I guess it, again, like you just, I just get used to it. Um, I really appreciate how much it must take to get into the role when you're acting, or mm. to be ready to deliver the jokes in just the right way when you're a comedian. I don't know if I could do either of those things. I think streaming is also, although it's a longer, it's like a marathon, um, but it's not like you have to run as fast as you would run if you're sprinting. Like you just, you you do, you stabilize, or like what's the word, you balance it, I guess. Right. Balance it out, Mm -hmm. yeah. But still, props to you though, for like 10 hours on end though, that is some marathons. (laughs) That's that's some marathon stuff now, yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think I could do 10 hours of of streaming, of of just being on there. Like, I I think I I might get like, right, like too much in my head being like, am I, am I doing enough to to keep the people who are watching me continuously vested in watching (laughs) me do like, let alone if it's just gaming, but like being, doing like actual work, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's like gotta be some kind of specific voyeuristic kind of like, experience to just watching somebody doing work that has to be captivating enough like it can't be too boring it can't be you know that kind of thing how would you say like your relationship is with like i guess your specific um subscribers or the ones that are kind of like coming in more daily like you you see them enough that it's like oh you can kind of get their tone of voice in the chat mm-hmm. or like how's that kind of relationship that you have with specific um followers and subscribers um, I mean, I would say the people who come back and they're regular, uh, regular visitors, they're basically mm-hmm. like my friends mm-hmm. some, and people want to give some information and don't want to give some information. So some people I know nothing about who they are as people, but I know like everything about, well, not everything, you know, I'm pretty familiar with like their skills or like their mm-hmm. project that they're working on. Right. So I might only have pieces of the full person, but I do feel like I, I know a lot of them pretty well and it does feel like a group of people who are all friends and the people who come in, I think the people who are interested in science and technology and or game development or development in general, um, they're, they're certain type of people like they're different from a lot of the other people you might get on Twitch. Um, kids coming in to watch people shoot each other is a little bit different from somebody coming in to discuss C-sharp and different <laughs> algorithms or like different ways to approach different problems. And, yeah. uh, so you do have a different user base and a lot of people do come in. It's actually really great right now, um, both for me and people who come in because a lot of people are isolated or they're working from mm-hmm. home, especially yes. when you're a developer and you're working like remotely. <laughs> so they'll, a lot of people come and they just chill and they'll work and every so often they'll chime in. I'll have people say things like, I was just minding my own business doing this and you guys were talking about something crazy and like I had to come and join or I had to come and enter the conversation and uh, so I get what you're saying when you, you mentioned um, 
getting in your own head. Like, are people mm. interested? Like, are they still interested in what I'm doing? And I do think about that sometimes. And I do try to keep the conversation going. Um, but at the same time, sometimes I do just focus and try to get work done. And, and people get that. And I think that they respect that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, I've a couple times during the, the mm. like, quarantine, I've just had it going like had your stream going on in the background and you do, you also play um, lo, lo-fi music, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm a fan of before. So like, I totally get lo-fi as long as you have the lo-fi music, then it's like, okay, you kind of get like, Oh, I'm just working with a friend type yeah. of thing. And they just chilling, vibing out um, that kind of thing. But um, in terms of, I guess where you are now, um, what is like kind of the next major goal you have in terms of your specific like Twitch channel? you know, um, an objective? Hmm. Well, my, if I had to prioritize the game and the development of the game is the priority and the mm-hmm. Twitch channel is like a, an accompaniment to the process mm-hmm. of the game. Right. And so right now my main goal is to finish the game, um, which is looking at probably a January release. Nice. Um, but with the stream, I do always want to make it more fun and more interesting. So things like Twitch just released uh, where you can watch Amazon Prime videos with a streamer. Mm. So people oh, are like, hey, yeah. like, let's watch a movie together. And that's kind of something fun that we could do. Uh, I hosted a game jam, which is like a weekend, almost like a hackathon, but with game mm. development. So mm. weekend long um, game jam back in March bef- before things, you know, all went... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, so I want to do that again soon. Um, yeah, doing different events with people, uh, adding different, we do like, um, kind of like a book club. We do an indie game of the month club so that hmm. because oh. a lot of people are developers, we don't take the time to try other games. So actually that's run by a community member, which is really awesome. He'll, he'll put up a bunch of different game options, some that are on sale or some that are being talked about in the news. And mm. everyone will vote on which game they want to play and we'll play the game and discuss it like a book club. So that's really cool. Nice. Things like that always kind of make it feel more connected to people. Yeah. Mm. Oh, nice. That's good to hear. And um, yeah, no, looking forward to the game getting released in January. Like, how is it, like, how is it being released? How, do, how are people able to download it and try it out? Yeah. Uh, it'll be released on Steam. So oh, you can okay. get it on PC, Mac, Linux. Okay. Cool. Oh, yeah, definitely want to give it a try. Um, perfect. I guess we're coming up to uh, time. Um, and usually at the end, we like to do our, our uh, word association game. So, uh, all right. You've gone through the gauntlet that is the Have We Made It Yet <laughs> podcast. Um, and so here's the reward. Ten questions where we ask you and you just think of, think of the first thing that comes yeah. Um, okay, so basically, I'll read 10 words, Lucas will read 10 words, and the first thing you think of, you could say it out, doesn't have, it can be a word, it can be an idea, thought. Um, yeah, and uh, okay, so clear your head. Okay. All right, so I'll start and Lucas can finish off. Cool. So, okay, so first word, family. Uh, 90s sitcom. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Second word. Pineapple. Um, la nana. Oh, uh, French. <laughs> yes, yeah, the French. It's French for pineapple, not for banana. Interesting. Um, okay, next word. Rain. Um, atmospheric. Alone. 
Um, game development. <laughs> <laughs> Motivation. Uh, Monster Energy Drink. Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> but would be a nice sponsor if you could get them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, kumquat. Um, not safe for work. <laughs> Mountain. Um, adventure. Tightrope. Falling. <laughs> Satisfied. Uh, game release. Yep. And ending. Um. Game release also. <laughs> that's all. That's all you're thinking about. Focus, all I'm thinking about. Focused on the on the on the goal. Yeah. Nice. Okay. In your Zen space again okay. and everything. Cool. 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 Okay. First word of ten. First word. World. Um. Other worlds. Oh, nice. Build. Um, compile. Creativity. Hmm. Oh, I can't find the words. Um, oh, so like many. Human yeah. nature. Human nature. That's what I want to say. Nice, mm -hmm. nice. Finish. Game release. <laughs> Game release. Oh, you just got to get that. Nice. Support. Uh. Friends. Finding. Um, creating. Mm, nice. Important. Um, priorities. Is that just a synonym? Is that allowed? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hey, first thing. First thing. <laughs> Start. Um, next game. <laughs> Stream. Um, routine. Nice. And the last one, Lana. Um, human vessel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. Nice. Well, there it is. Thank you, Lana Lux, for joining us <laughs> Thank on you, the Have We. Yeah, no, it was it was great conversation. Really fascinated by uh, the Twitch platform and everything. So, how can people find you? Um, like, what's your social media and and the Twitch handle? Well, I'm live pretty much all the time, except for right now. Um, on Twitch.tv/lana underscore lux. Uh, my socials are Twitter, Instagram, or both. WTF Lana Lux, mm -hmm. and I can be on any one of those. Great, awesome. perfect. And uh, I have Lucas, what are your handles as well? Uh, you can find me across social media on at Lucas John Ng. Perfect. Josh. And for me, um, at Josh Yang Comedy across everything. And uh, if you have time and you feel like you're a little tired, um, you could also listen to the Sleep with Josh podcast, which, <laughs> which is just me reading random things like the dictionary laws and and counting sheep so that's always that's also there it's all available on spotify and other podcast platforms what if um, you stream that josh 
Yeah. You know what? Maybe I will. Maybe I'll give that a try, and then I'll just be—I'll just be reading simulcast, reading streaming, um, mm -hmm. and then just look. You know what? There are some ASMR um, channels as well that you could definitely listen to the policy. True. So I'd love to see a... the comments on you streaming that. That would be so funny. <laughs> oh man, that would be a see. Then I'd have to like read. I'd actually be reading laws for two to three hours, which I don't even know if my voice can handle. But you know, I'll give it a try. You know what? Now that you say it, yeah, I might give it a try just okay. to see see how that experience is. Um, but yeah, look forward to that in the future, I guess. Um, <laughs> other than that, though, but also please like and subscribe uh, to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. There's the YouTube channel uh, and across social media, Instagram at HWMIY Podcast. Have We Made It Yet podcast? And yep, that's it. Thank you all for listening, and thank you, Lana, for joining us this week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.